Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and you are back for the 1980s Penny Bloom Film Awards. I am joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me join on such a momentous occasion. Oh, what awards. a momentous occasion indeed. Another decade in the books. That's two down. 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. We've only got the 90s, the aughts, and the 10s to go. I'm uh, I'm very, very excited. Uh, not even halfway there yet, which is uh, just a f- really, it's really encouraging, frankly. We've done so much, and we still have so much more to do. Uh, very, very excited about that. But mm. yes, if you've been with us. decade indeed. Yes, what if you've been decade. with us on our 52-year journey through film, you know that we did this for the 70s as well, the 1970s Film Awards, and uh We've got the same categories this time around, but our nominees are our movies from the 80s. So let's uh, let's give that that rundown real quick. From 1980, we covered The Shining, 81, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, 82, Blade Runner, 83, Scarface, 84, The Terminator, 85, The Breakfast Club, 86, Aliens, 87, Spaceballs, 88, My Neighbor Totoro, and 89, Dead Poets Society. Now, uh, those are our only nominees. No, no, nothing can, nothing else from the eighties even matters here. I mean, you can kind of take it into account in conversation, but it can't influence your decision on a winner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed. Only, only the movies that we have seen in our project are allowed. Um, and it, this was an even better decade than the seventies for my money. Uh, mm. as far as, uh, this nominee system works. We got a little bit more on the uh, actress side of things, which was very, very fun because now we actually have an actress category, best mm-hmm. actress, and instead of just best supporting actress as we had previously, uh, we've got best leads this time around, which I'm very excited for because that looks like it might be the hardest category we've had yet. Oh, yeah. And hopefully this um, trend continues. I think it will uh, just as time progresses uh, oh and i mean we're gonna kick it off with a fucking bang next week with goodfellas there's a mm. there's a performance in that lorraine brocco oh she plays uh the therapist and melfi she plays melfi uh, she's the lead in goodfellas she's uh, the mob wife uh okay. which is fantastic so very excited for you to see that but we've got we've got some great great nominees here this week as well um so let's let's kick it off we've got we've got some we got categories set design, best soundtrack, best actor, best supporting actor, best actress, best supporting actress, best director, best writer, and the best costume design. And after that, we've got a whole plethora of uh of awards to give out that aren't quite as technical. They're just more they're more fun. <laughs> Stuff like uh who is the best at being the best, who's the class clown, most likely to succeed, most likely to end up in jail or dead, dream blunt rotation, nightmare blunt rotation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, very fun over there, but uh, that, we'll start with the real, 
We'll start with the real shit. Now let's start easy with set design. Mm. Um, we got some good ones uh, in this decade. Uh, we got The Shining for our nominees, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Terminator, and Aliens. Um, and, you know, off rip, you think, you think about these movies and there's nothing that stands quite as iconic as the shining set design, man. Mm, interesting. I was, uh, I love this movie to death. Um, and I was going to say of the three movies or of the four movies that are up here, I would say the other three have a much more large focus on set design than the shining does. But the shinings, like it's weird. Like the rate, like, the other three, Raiders, Terminator, Aliens, you're in a completely different world where the set design is like, you know, that I guess I Raiders, you're kind of in the same world, but I don't know, you know, whatever. You're going on it's an adventure. Like, it, 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 and you know what? The set, the set design, design like in Raiders time. is special, you know, like the, the jungle at the beginning and the, ah, uh, man, the, the bar and the mountains, the saloon. Mm -hmm. God damn, Raiders. Uh, Raiders is the other one. But The Shining, the way that the, shi yes. the hotel and The Shining... Mm -hmm. It's the whole is, movie. It's the grandest set there is. Like it's it's like yeah. it's like the perfect definitive example of the set working as a part of the story. Um mm -hmm. and, so I like for my money, I think it's gotta go to the shining, despite what Raiders of the Lost Art brought to brought to the table. I'm definitely I'm definitely glad that you were here because I thought the shining was gonna be the first movie that we removed, like from the options. Like um and I was going to, like, give it, like, it's time of day. Like, I was going to give it its shining light, you know, like, uh, ah, didn't mean to do that. But, uh, but yeah, I was going to, like, give it, you know, it's it's dying words. But, like, I'm, I'm that's what I, my choice was going to be was The Shining because, like, it's half of the movie. Like, half the movie's the hotel. The other half is how it's taken over Jack, basically. So, like, hmm. the set design is, it's crucial to this movie. It's everything. It's iconic. You know, like, you can... If you were placed in that hotel, like if that was a legitimate building you could walk around in, you could I feel like I would know the place kind of well already. Like I'd be I like, know how to make oh, my way around that bitch. Yeah. Like if I knew where the great room was, I'd be like, Okay, yeah, up there. That's where well, the kitchen's down that the way. The kitchens. Yeah, like you, you kinda know. Um and where the maze is, the maze. That's the just like a maze. Oh. Yeah, and that's the so, thing too, is that like it's simple. You know, like it's not it's it's not over the top, it's not too incredibly uh intricate particularly but i'd argue it's it's like the terminator and aliens were the first ones out for me uh those were the ones where i was like you know they they definitely transport you to a different reality and 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 many a sense you know what might have been a good one for set design as well was blade runner but um i still wouldn't True. i still wouldn't take blade runner over the shining or, or raiders of the lost ark and uh ultimately the shining is just the the set is a huge part of the entire movie, so I just gotta mm. go with The Shining. All right, well, I'm I'm definitely glad I'm right there with you. Um, I'm just glad you went there because, yeah, I love this movie, and that's like one of the best parts about it is is that hotel and the, you know, it's uh, so I'm I'm definitely glad I'm I'm comfortable giving it the the first award. Fuck sure. yeah, fuck yeah, buddy. Then The Shining wins the best set design. Previous winner for that, I believe, was uh Star Wars. Uh, from mm -hmm. the 70s so hard cool. to beat that one yeah um, cool seeing the lineage of things as well you know 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm gonna get the '70s awards pulled up on my on my shit just to kind of have mm-hmm. like that that sort of ready. It to was go. indeed Star Wars. Yeah, um, they did. It, right. it beat out '36 Chamber, Apocalypse Now, Clockwork Orange, and American Graffiti. That makes so. sense. That makes sense. And on to the best soundtrack. Got four nomination nominees again in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Blade Runner, Scarface, and My Neighbor Totoro. And, uh, I mean, it's just a shame anybody's got to go up against John Williams, bro. You can't really beat the man. The man's a master composer. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And it's no, every project he's on is just gold. Um, I don't know. It'd, it'd be very interesting to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark without the soundtrack. Can you imagine, like, not hearing the classic like indie music, like, as he's point, doing his thing? You know, yeah, like, like, that's the, that's mm-hmm. a huge part of that movie. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and get the indie soundtrack going now. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, thank you for your playlist. I do have it going. And, uh, forced an indie one for this, uh, section real quick because pretty comfortable that it's, probably going to take the cake but i mean i I would like to talk about the other ones a little bit oh of course you know what's interesting is that my second place for this for this award is my neighbor totoro um Mm. that soundtrack was so atmospheric and so peaceful and so like airy that i was just like god i love this it makes me it makes me happy like that's i listen to that a lot now um Mm. coming off the viewing of that movie Mm -hmm. yeah Um, in in blade runner you know, it, it kind of it put you into the world. You know, it, it definitely did its job. And um, that's another one that I have been revisiting a lot, also a part of this playlist. Uh, the Blade Runner soundtrack by uh, Evangelist is fucking good. Like, mm. it's one of it's probably my favorite thing about the movie, besides uh, like the direction and the visuals. Like, soundtrack is it's mm-hmm. up there anyway. It was really, it was another thing that really got you into the universe they were in, and uh, if you can do that, I'm I'm a I'm a really fuck with it. Yeah, but Scarface I, is. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Scarface was a, uh, it's kind of like a, a Godfather soundtrack, but like toned down, like a not not really a Godfather soundtrack, but like a, I don't know. I it was it was a very interesting soundtrack, like, uh. I don't know. I, I guess what soundtracks aim to do is amplify the emotions that you're supposed to be feeling during whatever scene. Um, and whenever you have the feeling of like, oh, this is iconic, like you get while watching Raiders, it's because like you hear the music in the background at the same time that he's doing something. Yeah, like that's the iconic part is like the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. You ask someone um, – Give me something Star Wars. Give me something Indiana Jones. Like, literally, like, just give me any reference to, to it at all. Like, and I bet, like, it's either they're going to be like, all right, lightsaber, you know, or whip, or they're going to sing the song. Like, yeah, like, the song is, like, one of the first things that pops in your mind when you think of these movies. And, I mean, John Williams is just a, a master at his craft, and it's going to be hard to beat him. Um he was also the winner in the 70s awards as Star Wars also won the best soundtrack. Yeah, hard um, uh, hard to beat that guy. He knows yes. uh <laughs> soundtracks are somewhat similar, I guess, you could say. You know, his his soundtracks are similar across, you know, 
his different universes, but I don't know. He's found this like secret formula. Mm. I don't know what it is, but like he just every soundtrack he's on, you just know it, it. It already has that iconicism to it, which is just insane. Like it's iconic the first time you hear it, which is you can't really say that about the other soundtracks in this list. Right. Um, that it's iconic the first time you hear it. That's that's when you know you've got a good soundtrack. True, true. Um, but yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark wins best soundtrack. And uh, with that, on to we're on to the acting category, best mm. actor. Mm. This is a this is actually probably tougher than it is on surface. We got Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you can also consider his role in Blade Runner. Uh, because, I mean, if you got the two thing going on, if you got multiple performances, it automatically gives you a little bit of a leg up. But there are some good performances in this decade. Mm. Uh, Al Pacino in Scarface as Scarface, Tony Montana. Uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society. Mm. Yeah, th- this is, you know, I at first I was like, oh, it's Harrison Ford. Just of like, you know, he was in two movies, but like, I guess his Blade Runner performance was still good, even though the movie kind of, you know, we didn't like the movie a whole lot. So like, maybe I he did do a good job. He did do a good job in mm. in Blade Runner, but coming off Dead Poet Society and like the performance that Robin Williams gave, like that's a powerful performance. That is an inspiring performance. Like, uh, I'd say. I would say Robin Williams would be the only other one in this list that could have a chance of going up against Harrison. No kidding. Um, you, I, Jack I, Nicholson in The Shining, though. That is a role. That okay. That is fair. I do. Okay. I the reason I'm kind of like backing off of The Shining is because like it's it's my favorite horror movie of all time. I love the death out of that movie. So, like, I don't want to... Sound biased. Yeah, sound biased in any way. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's true. He did have to play an insane person, which he did very well. Because um, here, here's the thing. Ooh. I think about the the performance that... Harrison Ford's puts puts on as Indy, and I view it in this in a similar way that I view Robin Williams's performance in Dead Poet Society, in that I love the character they are playing. They are bringing that character to life very well, incredibly believable, in such a way that I I in some way aspire to be like this person, or uh, I look up to this person, or mm. I I I take their words and they influence me in some way. I watch Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and I'm like, holy fuck, get this man away from me. And there's something to be said for, like, both sides of that. Like, the performance Jack Nicholson puts on is almost more impressive because I'm I'm still in awe of it, even though I despise the character. Meanwhile, the things I... I, I it's hard for me to differentiate in, like, Indiana Jones's performance. Hmm. Like... Do I like Indiana Jones or do I like Harrison Ford as Indiana exactly. Jones? And That's if I true. like Indiana, like it's like because it's, it's, hard. it's very easy to pull the performance out of The Shining because like that's what the whole movie is is like Jack Nicholson's performance, and you know we'll get later on you know when yeah. we get to the actresses too. Like the performances in this movie is what makes the movie. 
um, the set design and the performances. You know, it makes sense mm-hmm. why it won set design. Um, and I mean, like I'm all for Jack Nicholson winning here. Like if if you're comfortable for it, I I mean, my top th- Al Pacino is out for me on these other three. Yeah, Al Pacino is definitely the most forgettable performance, and it's ironic considering it's one of the most iconic roles and one of the most quotable places ever. Uh, and he did he did do a kick ass job, but like even then, it doesn't stand up to what he did in The Godfather Two and in mm-hmm. The Godfather. Like it's just it's just not his strongest flick, even though he was one of the best actors from this decade. Um, and now that I'm thinking of like just Harrison Ford and Robin Williams, like Robin Williams in Dead Post Society. I can comfortably say that his performance is what I liked about it, you know, out of that movie. But like with Blade Runner and, and Raiders, I don't know if it was his performance or just. I like. I mean, Ford. I don't want to discredit his performance. In That's any the of thing movies. is that like, I think I think his role as Indiana Jones specifically is an incredible performance. Like he does so he does so good as Indiana Jones. Like he was like he is to Indiana Jones what like Ryan Reynolds is to Deadpool. Like that like Robert Downey Jr. to Iron Man. Like that man was born mm-hmm. to play Indiana Jones. It's just plain and plain and fucking simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting knowing he was also up for the role that Jack Nicholson plays in The Shining, which is just uh, would have been weird though. I don't I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't see him as a guy that I could ever, like, look at and be like, ugh, you know. But, like, Jack Nicholson, I could, you know, he... He's the, not the greatest looking man. Yeah, and he, he was the Joker at one point, so it's like, yeah, you can... Yeah, he fits this role, you know. <laughs> but, uh... This is tough. Like, yeah, I think... I'm, if, I think I'm, I'm if I'm between two, it's Harrison Ford and Jack Nicholson. Okay, that's where I'm at. Um, That's what I was about to say. I just... He Harrison Ford did have two great performances though, and yeah. Jack Nicholson's performance in The Shining, like that's how are we going to weigh it? Is like, I think Jack Nicholson's performance is better than just the single performance of Raiders. Like looking yeah, at but Raiders he by also Selfie. had a good performance in Blade Runner. Exactly. Uh, so like, I geez. think if we're going if we're going like a decade wide award. It's got to be Harrison Ford. He like because beyond beyond just this, and I know like we are considering just these movies. Uh, he also had Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He also had Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade. Uh, he also had Patriot Games and like oh, like this man dominated the eighties. And it's like almost blasphemous to say anyone else was the actor of the decade in the nineteen eighties for for my money. Honorable mention to Jack. Um, like strong admiral, yeah. admirable mention. Like I'm, I, I'm almost regretting it. But, <laughs> I, but think Harris, it's des- I think he deserves it. I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I think so, especially after in the '70s, he he lost his best supporting actor nod for Han Solo and uh, uh, Bob Falfa and Colonel Lucas in three mm-hmm. movies. But uh, and and last decade, our uh, our winner also had two roles as Don Vito Corleone and. Uh, was it Colonel Kurtz, Captain Hertz, Lieutenant Kurtz? I can't remember, but uh, uh, Marlon Brando mm. dominated the seventies mm-hmm. in the way that Harrison Ford dominated the eighties. So I'm com- I'm comfortable with that being the succession here. Mm. Um, yeah. but with that, on to best supporting actor. Um, this is a pretty tough category as we have John Rhys Davies as Sala in Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
Anthony Michael Hall as Brian Johnson in The Breakfast Club. Personally, my favorite performance from that movie. I think he does the best. Uh, Michael Bien as Kyle Reese and uh, and some someone in Aliens. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but I remember Kyle Reese for sure. And then Robert Sean Leonard as Neil in Dead Poets Society. Now, this is arguably harder than the last one. But when I think to ah, see, this is tough because Robert Sean Leonard probably has objectively the best performance. And I, I don't think we really need yes. to look beyond that. If if we're going, yeah, just off strictly performance, like. And that's what we are. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's true. Like the only <laughs> other person who I was between was uh, Michael, Michael B. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. him and Terminator, like he did really well. Like his performance was still really good in Terminator, but like. And see, that's the thing is that like Michael Bien is an awesome supporting actor in this decade because of the way he lended his talents to the aid of. Uh, Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley and that's what makes him cool like it makes him cool that he was willing to be second fiddle to to a badass woman and I really enjoy that about Michael Biehn uh but objectively I don't think his performance was quite as good as Robert Sean Leonard's nor was it quite as good as Anthony Michael Hall's in The Breakfast Club I'd argue mm. uh and I think his performance is more in the same vein as John Reese davies as Sala and and Raiders like they're kind of more on like the their second fiddle to somebody working together. Mm. Uh, hmm. But Robert Sean Leonard as Neil, man, he was the one it. that jumped out to me right away. I mean, we did just get off, you know, watching that movie, so it could be a little. But like, I don't think this is recency bias at all. Like, it's just his performance is legitimately that good. Um, like it rivals Robin Williams' performance in the movie. And I had a tough time. Yeah, I had a like, tough time deciding which one was the supporting actor and which yeah. one was the actor. So in vein of that, like I feel very comfortable giving him the win. Yeah, here. I think Robert Sean Leonard as Neil is our best supporting actor. And you know what? It was not nearly as difficult as the best actor category. Um, Best supporting actor last decade was Richard Dreyfus as Kurt in American mm-hmm. graffiti and Hooper in jaws. So, yeah. uh, that was that one was pretty easy. He was we liked we liked Hooper. We oh, liked I love Hooper. I love me some Richard Dreyfus. He did mm-hmm. he did such a good job in the seventies, and uh, Robert Sean Leonard did a fucking jaw dropping well job in a uh, uh, Dead Poet Society. So on to the actresses, and now this is personally the toughest of the tough here, with uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley for the best act- actress category. Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley in Aliens. Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor in The Terminator, Molly Ringwald as Claire in The Breakfast Club, and Shelley Duvall as Wendy in The Shining. And you know what? I'm split between two here. Is it the two? Okay. So I'm split between three, but of the first two, I picked one. Okay, fair. Because I was there too. I was like, okay, there's two badasses here, right? We have the aliens badass. We got the Terminator bad. We, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton. We got the badass women roles of the eighties right here. Um, but if I these had to pick Carrie one, Fishers, these are our Carrie Fishers as Leo Organa in this decade. I had to pick one badass out of those two. I'd pick Sigourney Weaver's. I do aliens. Too. Sigourney just, Weaver's. 
killed she it. She did fucking oh my awful. God. And like yeah. the way that like I, I, I liked Sarah Connor, but I didn't I didn't care about Sarah Connor the way that I cared about Ellen Ripley and the way she wanted to protect the child. And she did have that motherly thing going on where she did have a child to protect. And I felt that emanating through the screen. Uh, whereas Linda Hamilton's just trying to survive as Sarah Connor and I can get behind that, but like adding that aspect that so clearly came through on screen with Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley just really mm. elevates her. But Shelley Duvall mm. as Wendy, that's the other one. Molly Ringwald did fantastic as Claire, but she didn't have to quite reach the dimensions that Shelley Duvall had to in, in the, uh, in the shining. Uh, I think we're going to, we're going to like have the same conversation we had with, like uh Jack Nicholson and Harrison Ford like here it's kind of the same thing like you have a it movie is. where it's you know the shining it's it's their performances that make the movie and Winnie's performance like without it the movie wouldn't be as good at all but that's definitely the same thing with Sigourney Weaver like if you didn't have I'd argue to a greater degree yeah. than than with in with Harrison Ford as Indy like I think like, and that's wild to say, considering I just said Harrison Ford is to Indiana Jones as like as perfect as it gets, but like Sigourney Weaver might be even more perfect as Ellen Ripley. Like, mm. yeah, she she fit this role so well. How every guy was just like, um, like instantly respected her. Like, uh, whenever she climbs up into the the power loader for the first time, and the guys are just watching her, like, oh my gosh, she is bad ass. Like, I don't know, you just got that like. Everyone admired her, like, uh, even in the characters. And you, as the viewer, you're already admiring her. You're like, oh, she's already sick, like, already badass. And, like, oh, I don't know. I love I love her performance. I, lo- I love that one, too. But, dude, Shelly Duvall as Wendy? I don't know, man. Like, I, th- I think her performance was every bit as good as Jack Nicholson's like she was, she was the perfect person to have opposite. Uh, The only difference, like their performances are both fantastic, but Sigourney Weaver is like the true lead of the movie, you know? And like, yeah. And I mean, I guess I don't know. That shouldn't like discredit her, per- like Wendy's performance, like at all, like Shelley Duvall's. But like Sigourney Weaver had to do this for the whole movie, and like she was the focal point of the movie, you know. So like, true, true. She, you know what? I'm I am comfortable going with Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. She was just mm-hmm. fucking awesome, and I loved Shelley Duvall as Wendy. And I was kind of, I was kind of because we didn't give Jack Nicholson The Shining. I was like, I think one of those performances is the Damn. best, but like. I, I can't believe neither of them ended up coming out on top. I almost wish I would have bumped Shelley Duvall down to Best Supporting Actress. Uh, but nevertheless, I think we made the right choice there. Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley is the perfect uh, the perfect choice for our 80s Films Awards, especially coming off our uh, 70s award with Carrie Fisher winning as Leo Organa. Mm. Um but on to best yeah. supporting actress. And this one, this one's fun. One, this is a fun one as well with Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira in Scarface. Ali Sheedy as Allison in The Breakfast Club. And Sean Young as Rachel in Blade Runner. And for me, immediately off rip, I'm, I'm compelled to go Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood. Uh, because I 
fucking loved Marion Ravenwood. Uh, I mean, you read that one first, and I'm like, okay, who's going to beat her? You know, like uh, when you read that one. And then, I, and as you're reading the list, I'm like, okay, good. But not, you know. No, yeah, there wasn't like, one uh, that stood <laughs> out. There wasn't one that stood out like Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood in terms of a, the supporting the supporting category. Um, she was awesome and every scene and every scene she was in i like i i almost like it as much when she's on screen as i do when indy's on screen you know Mm. and having them together they play off each other so perfectly their their chemistry was palpable i really loved them together and uh and i like that that one's probably the easiest so far best Mm. supporting actress with karen allen as marianne ravenwood now let's say Shelly Duvall is down here as Wendy and supporting actress. She no doubt wins best supporting actress. It, yeah, so it's it's Shelly Duvall's like in this in this like middle weird middle ground like with these two awards, you know, like mm-hmm. where she doesn't win E, like well, she obviously wins one of them, but really it, it's hard with the other, you know, like she's in this weird spot, but like Yeah, no, I I mean, Marianne Ravenwood was just such a cool character and like um you know that I don't know it wins in that like out of these four for sure. Um, but just to to give Shelly Duvall another you know nod, she w- she would win here if she, if uh, if she was in here. I think. Oh yeah, I think so too. Uh, but yeah, Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood was just fucking fantastic. She did she did fantastic, and I mean I love Ali Sheedy as Allison in The Breakfast Club, and mm. I remember uh, Rachel and Blade Runner was one that really stood out to me. Like I was like. Like she played a robot really well, like a like a feeling robot really well, and uh, yeah, the most forgettable one here for me was Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira. Like I just don't think they placed nearly the emphasis on Elvira that they placed on these other characters, mm. and uh, I think it came through um, mm-hmm. in the in the performance and performance wise. Like Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira kind of reminds me of Margot Robbie's role in. Uh, and once upon a time in Hollywood where it's like, wow, you got this like fantastic actress to play this tiny role who barely mm-hmm. says anything. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood's definitely the choice here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ooh. Now on to, now on to our creator categories or, you know what, before we get there, what, what, what of this do you think has the best comic c- costume design? Um, Ooh, Okay. Well, immediately Raiders is jumping out just because, like, I loved Indy's kit, like, and how he used it and, like, everything. Mm. Um, but now, like, okay, let me – costume, let's see. I mean, the Breakfast Club had mm-hmm. some pretty distinctive looks. Like, they had, to, they had to let you know who these characters were, not through just their personalities, but through what they were wearing. Fair. Um, the uh... – I guess Blade, Blade Runner had some pretty good costumes. If aliens, if you're counting the power loader as like a costume, that's just sick. You know, I think like aliens uh, immediately gets dismissed because it's mostly just military that's gear. That's fair. That's fair. But like the power loader is just cool. I oh, guess that's more of like a dope. set design, more yeah, like, of than like, costume. But yeah, I don't know what that would like props. Mm. <laughs> oh, space balls. That's pretty epic costume design. <laughs> Lord, I mean, dark, dark, it was a dark, dark helmet? helmet, dark or dark. dark helmet. Yeah. Like I almost had a uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis in here for best supporting actor for <laughs> dark helmet. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, for best costume, I'd probably go with Indiana Jones. Just, uh, 
it's the most costumey out of any of the movies, kind of, and like executed very well. But like you. the Breakfast Club would probably be like a close second. Like uh or or I don't know, it could even take it. Like uh I don't know. I could uh I, I'm probably between Indiana Jones and Breakfast Club though. All right, you know what? That one uh Ooh, that's tough. Raiders does have some good costume design. They uh Yeah, the adventurous the adventurous look that Indy's got going on, his professor looks. Um I don't know. The Breakfast Club though, that's like the whole movie. Yeah. You know? It's like who they are and like you you knew who they were off rip because of what they were wearing and and I don't want to take this into consideration too hard, but Raiders is dominating this awards. Um, it's won like three of the awards so far, um, in some capacity, whether it be an actor or actress or something. But I, that's why I think the Breakfast Club is probably my choice. Um, just because you you do get to like, as soon as they introduce them, you know who the jock is, you know who the nerd is, you know who the who the fuck up is the criminal, the the guy wearing the sunglasses and the heavy coat flipping off the guy with his with his finger fingerless <laughs> gloves. Uh, oh, yeah. It's the princess in the in the basket case. Like you you so clearly get who they are straight off rip, and I think that's so important with the Breakfast Club. It it needs a win too, for sure. That that movie deserved like, and that's that's kind of hard. The hard thing about this, you know, giving these awards is that throughout this decade there were so many fantastic movies that deciding you know through these roles or directors or costume design like it's 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 hard it's definitely hard to to pick one out of out of these 10 movies you know like or not just just making sure i wasn't uh yeah we're a decade here so yeah 10 movies a decade um but yeah like one a year you know even even though we're deciding these winners like it's still all very very close and not like a- oh no yeah like i i got i got an enjoyment level out of all of these movies you know uh and what what kind of sucks is like for those for these previous categories one movie that kind of can't be considered because it's it's animated and like weighing the actor the voice actor's performance against like actual acting performance mm. and stuff like i'm gonna leave that to the professionals that's not quite something i'm quite capable of doing so my neighbor Totoro just didn't get a ton of nods here um but uh, it will get a nod here in our next category. How about I do best writer here? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Hayao Miyazaki for My Neighbor Totoro, uh, James Cameron for Terminator and Aliens, Tom Shulman for Dead Poets Society, John Hughes for The Breakfast Club, and Lawrence Kasdan for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, there is only one person who has two movies, but really their writing the most- is very simple. Yeah, so like I, I, I this is the first time we've been like, yeah, this person had two movies, but like they definitely <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um but okay. And that's that's what's interesting too, is that I really enjoyed the movies, but like straight up, every other movie on this list has better writing. Yeah. Raiders, The Breakfast Club, Dead Poet Society, My Neighbor Totoro. Those are all better movies writing wise than Terminator and Aliens. Ooh, this is tough. This is this is kind of hard. I'm the one that's jumping out is for Dead Poet Society. Mm. Writing that, that is a story that it like 
move to tears. It, it's a different kind of story, you know, like, um, but that was like the richest, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's really the directing that made that movie. It's like, it's what happened, the story, you know, that, yes, like, yes, absolutely. that's what made that movie. So like, uh, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know of like another movie that I've liked as much as this one and like what it was just written beautifully a a masterpiece um if i were to say a winner like that that would be my winner would be tom shulman shulman is that how you pronounce it yeah shulman shulman interestingly enough i'm I'm split between two and dead poet society was definitely definitely one of them and what what was also shocking to me is that one of my top three favorite movies or two i mean like two of my top three favorite movies are not the other I'm considering like mm-hmm. the breakfast club and Raiders. I I'm not quite my neighbor Turturro is the other one where yeah. I'm kind of like, you know how hard it is to make a movie like this as compelling as it was. That's true. Like it, Raiders and it's interesting. And Bre- yeah, like Dead Poet Society and Totoro are kind of formatted in a similar yeah. way, and that it's like there's not a lot going on for a while. It's just keeping you in it, and then it's like we really ramp up the intensity for a second just to get you get your blood flowing there at the end. I'd say my neighbor Totoro was more creative. Like there was definitely more of a creative bone into making that movie, but written better was Dead Poet Society. I think. Um, All right, I can get like, behind that. My neighbor Toro was a beautiful story, and yes, it was it was written very beautifully, and they did have to keep you in, like it being an animated movie and all. But like, I don't know, I don't know of a more impactful story. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I just wanted to make the case for my neighbor Totoro. Uh, I think Dead Poet Society definitely wins Best Writer here. Uh, Tom Shulman, congrats, mm-hmm. buddy. I think Best Writer last decade was George Lucas, so it's definitely a. Uh, a, fun, a, a good succession there because mm-hmm. he had uh, American Graffiti and Star Wars last decade. Uh, and he also helped on Raiders this decade. So <laughs> sheesh. Yeah, yeah. Strong, strong, strong hands that one. And uh, I mean, the breakfast club wouldn't happen without George Lucas's American Graffiti, arguably. Um, so John Hughes taking some inspiration there, but uh, let's talk best director now. And this is a tough category. We got Steven Spielberg for Raiders of the Lost Ark, Stanley Kubrick for The Shining, Ridley Scott for Blade Runner, John Hughes for The Breakfast Club, and James Cameron for Terminator and Aliens and Funny. How, again, the only one with two movies is the first one out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't, I mean, your movies are great, James Cameron. It's so idea, fascinating like... that he can make movies that he has so much creative control over that I just go like... I really don't know what you did for this. Like, cause they're, they're just like so down the middle. They're so like, obviously what you should be doing with this. Uh, like, I don't like, I don't know how to express like he, he's got, he's clearly got a creative genius to him. He's made fucking Terminator aliens, two of the highest grossing movies of all time, which aren't Terminator or aliens in <laughs> Titanic and avatar. Like he's clearly got like an extreme creative streak. That's like insanely money producing, but like I I don't know. There's just something that's so just right down the middle about it that I'm like, all of these stand out more than James Cameron's. He feels award. like the uh I don't wanna okay. Like among these other names, um, he feels kind of like 
and this is too bad, but like amateur. He feels more amateur than like like a a Kubrick. You know, that's like a even though he's a bad person, like in real life, like his directing role, like he's a master director, really and then like good at Spielberg, like you, like you know, like you hear those Ridley names, Scott. yeah, John Hughes, like you know, you're hearing like these names, you're like, oh, these are like accredited, like very masterful directors. They know what the fuck they're doing. James Cameron really just knows what will go big at the time. He's just a viral sensation, is what he is. Like, On the biggest scale ever. Yeah, like Titanic. If you were to release Titanic now, it's not going to be That's the third, tank. the third best move or top or fourth, whatever it is, you know, in top ten, you know, regardless. So like, <clears throat> disregard that that voice crack. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like the dude, dude just knows what will pop off at any given time, and that's that's kind of what he makes. Just stick with the simple story that's going to pop off at the time. There you go. But uh, I don't know. I've kind of been stalling because I am having a hard time choosing between these directors. I'm um, going to tell you. I think this is where it happens for The Shining. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yes. I think I think this is where it happens for The Shining. Yes. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick gets best director because I mean Steven Spielberg does fucking fantastic with Raiders, and it was between them two for me. It was between Spielberg and Kubrick, uh, because Raiders is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I think I think Kubrick can do Raiders, but I don't know if Spielberg can do The Shining. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, like there, uh, there is a twisted part of Kubrick that like I love, and I like me loving, you know, a Clockwork Orange. Um, I love The Shining. The Shining, Shining's my favorite horror movie of all time. That's already guaranteed. A Clockwork mm-hmm. Orange is in my top ten movies of all time, just in general. So like, I love me some Kubrick. Um, and I mean, yeah, it was between Spielberg and Kubrick for me here as well um but like when you look at those movies like what is like more important like direct like the director the director was way more important in the shining than spielberg was in raiders like you really didn't need like it, harrison ford was just gonna take that and like just ride with you have him, harrison you know? like, ford uh, leading you have john williams on the score like it you was have already more room a, to succeed. Yeah, the bag yeah, was like, already. They had that doesn't discredit there. Spielberg though, yeah, because true, he true, really does true. bring it all together. Like he, like he does bring it all together in oh, a way that. Shit, fuck that. Okay, fuck no. Now that I'm saying this, I'm realizing like all of the great things he did in Raiders, like the shots that he set up, like the silhouettes mm. with the shadows, or God. um, you know, seeing the crowd in the background and Indy doing his thing, they're cheering him on. Like uh, he okay, fuck. But I, I think it's Stanley think, Kubrick and yeah. The Shining. Okay, yeah, D- yeah. I don't want to discredit Spielberg um, at all, even though it probably sounded like I was. Um, but yeah, Kubrick—he's just—he's becoming one of my favorite directors um, through this project. Um, not as a human, but as a just solely yeah. as a director, um, he's becoming one of my favorites for sure. So for sure, and interestingly enough, Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg, both two-time nominees. They were also nominated in the 70s for Jaws and A Clockwork Orange. Mm. Um, ah. God, the best director slate in the 70s was fucking different. George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg, and Martin Scorsese. God 
damn, that's lethal. And the winner was Francis Ford Coppola for Apocalypse Now and The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. Uh, he had three of the ten. So that was, that was the seventies strong. was insane, but I mean, we still had John Hughes, James Cameron, uh, like that's know, Spielberg, Kubrick, like. Yeah, I mean, Ridley Scott, Scott. Yeah, Ridley I mean, like that's nothing to fuck with. I guess we didn't even really talk about Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runners. If there was anything from that movie that was stand out, it was the direction. You know, like that. Mm. Uh, that movie was so well shot and so well, uh, well framed and staged, and just like it, it just went really well. If there was anything that was keeping me in it, uh, it was what was what I was being shown, and mm. the directors largely responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's official. All the official awards. Finally. All the official awards. So The wow. Shining won Set Design and Best Director. I got I got two awards. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark won Best Soundtrack. Harrison Ford won Best Actor. Karen Allen won Best Supporting Actress. And therefore, in, uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark got three awards. Uh, Dead Poets Society, Robert Sean Leonard as Neil won Best Supporting Actor, and Tom Shulman won Best Writer. So that's two awards for Dead Poets Society. Um, and Sigourney Weaver, as Ellen Ripley, won Best Actress. So that's that's an award for Aliens and Costume Design, The Breakfast Club, and an award for Breakfast Club. So pretty pretty dominated by a couple movies. The, the standouts of the decade, Raiders, Dead Poets, and The Shining, kind of, uh, kind of running, running the board here, but uh that makes sense you know they mm-hmm. were they were definitely the best movies of the decade um mm. and i think there's there's pretty much no doubt but on to the more fun shit the awards that matter the awards that matter <laughs> so let's let's kick it off with a, with with one right down the middle who's the best at being the best who's just the who's just the shit mm. you know in the 70s we gave it to luke skywalker and in that vein, I think we got to give best to being the best to Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, and you know we got a few here: Indiana yeah. Jones, Ellen Ripley, got a uh, Robin Williams. Um, oh, yeah, he was pretty good Mr. at being the Keating. best man. Mister Keating yeah. was the best at being. The Is it best. Doctor or Mister? I don't know. I can't remember. I gotta know. Um, I got to know. He played. Just says John Keating. Dang it. Um, uh, then we'll just list him as John Keating. There we go. That works. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah, Indy, definitely John Keating. Um, yeah, you know these and these ones don't have to have one winner. We can mm, kind of yeah, just yeah, reflect yeah. on the decade. Um, but oh yeah, Sigourney Weaver as well, definitely for sure. You know, deserves to to be up in there. Um, Trying to think of any of the other movies. Let's see. Spaceballs, probably not anyone from there. I'd say Spaceballs <laughs> is the best at being the fucking worst. <laughs> just, yeah. Just Spaceballs, that that cast, just the whole movie is just the best at being the worst. Um, I believe <laughs> MASH won in the 70s for best at being the worst in terms of a movie. Um, and Spaceballs brought oh, yeah. it to a whole new fucking level. Yeah, MASH, yeah, might as well... Uh... But, uh, oh, space bowls, space balls, put that up there. Yeah, but, uh, as for the good, good people, yeah, the shiny didn't really have many of them. Um, no, yeah, Andy, yeah, Blade Runner, hmm, not too many. 
guess, you know, you do have, uh, like, uh, in The Breakfast Club, you have Allison off the beginning, who's the goody-goody. You know, that's who she is, but then... Oh, Claire. Oh, sorry, Claire, sorry. Uh, did I say the the actress's name? Or, oh, no, I said just, yeah. Never the other probably. character's name, the, the other, other woman's name. Um, but, yeah, I guess she was the goody-goody, you know. Um, but I guess, is she up there with Indiana Jones and, Probably not. and John no, like, Keating? Not, not the way that I'm looking at the best of being the best. And Ellen Ripley, like, Ellen Ripley's right up there with him. Like, mm. that's, that, that, those yeah. are the best of being the best right there. And I think that's, it's those three of the decade, Indiana Jones, John Keating, and Ellen Ripley. They dominated the 80s the way Luke Skywalker dominated the 70s. You know, they're the best of being the best. Um, <laughs> Best of being the worst. We got Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. It's just like, God damn, you're <laughs> fucking bad, and you just know it. I'd say we could toss in uh, Jack Nicholson up there. Um, yeah, he was good at being bad. Um, yeah, um, he, let's see. Yeah, we already have Spaceballs all up in there. I guess uh could throw Al Pacino, Scarface. Ooh, how about uh, Mr. Vernon? in the breakfast club oh yes we hated that guy yes fuck that guy fuck that guy who we had one more fuck that guy i think though there was oh there was another fuck that guy that we just couldn't stand i feel maybe it was in the break no there was another guy we really we fucked with the janitor in the breakfast club is that guy the best at being the best is he up there i don't i don't know if he's indiana jones john keating and ellen ripley but level maybe he's worst at being the best like, like you're like you're you're fucking you fucking rock man, but you're you're not Indiana Jones, John Keating, Alan Ripley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool guy. Yeah, I guess I don't know. What's his the name? Jan- Carl. Something. Yeah, let's let's find out. The Breakfast Club. Carl. Yep. As Carl John, the janitor. Yeah, John Capellos is the the real life dude who played him. Um, not really known for anything other big, but yeah, could have. <laughs> What a, I, I do remember liking him, but definitely hating the uh, the professor. That's for sure. Fuck the teacher. Mr. Vernon. Yeah, he sucked. Um, was there anyone else that that was like really that? Blue. Here, let me. Uh... <laughs> Mel Brooks. He's the best at being the worst. Generally, any the guy who was responsible <laughs> for Spaceballs. Yeah, honestly. Spaceballs just sums it up here. You know, this yeah. decade, the best at being the worst, that's just that's just Spaceballs. Spaceballs right and Mr. Vernon you know, as uh, fucking Steve in American Graffiti and the mayor and Jaws. And maybe, uh, maybe Spaceballs is also the worst at being the best because it is a parody of Star Wars, but it's so bad, you know? So it's like, it's the best at being the worst, but also the worst at being the best at the same time i wouldn't even like i don't think it quite achieves like best like it's not the best mm. at anything besides being <laughs> bad Fair. so it's the best at being the worst but it's it's definitely not like the way we defined it in the 70s hawkeye from mash <laughs> and martin brody and jaws like they're they're all right guys but they fucked up a lot true and you're just kind of like fuck this guy Fair. a little bit I think Carl the janitor fits that bill a little bit more. You're just like, you know, this guy rocks, but like, how much though? You know, mm. how much can he rock? Okay, yeah, I'm comfortable with them. Let's see. Hmm. I bring us to class clown. Okay. 
well. Hmm. Is it is it space balls? Maybe like barf. Like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barf. Barf for sure. Okay. That's fair. Um <laughs> Maybe cat bus. Um, ooh, cat. Ooh, cat, cat bus, bus might just... be best at being the best. Fair. Cat bus was clutch. Like cat bus was awesome. Ne- cat bus <laughs> might be dream blunt rotation or nightmare. That could be I an think either. Or. I think that's our dual. I think that's yeah. our dual player right there. That's an either or right there. Um. <laughs> Totoro straight up, probably either or as well. Like everything in my neighbor Totoro is both dream blunt rotation and nightmare <laughs> blunt rotation. Uh, yeah, that is that is weird to think about. If uh, like, cause Catbus really just showed up out of nowhere, like for real in that movie. Like, just here's a bus that's also a cat. They can just open its door, and it, it's gonna take you anywhere you want to go. You know, that's it. Simple as that. A right. clutch character. Um, yeah, but for other class clowns, I don't. I'm having uh trouble thinking of some because like in the breakfast club there was no one who was like the class you know there was not really like a there wasn't really a funny guy like john bender was funny but he was a dick yeah um Um, in yeah and then like oh nuanda oh come on he's literally the yeah he's literally like oh yeah so okay yeah gotta have nuanda up in there okay that 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 makes me feel better okay Nuanda from Dead Poet Society, Barf and Nuanda. That's uh, that's our <laughs> what class a combo right the there. <laughs> what yeah. a combo! To follow Hooper from the seventies for Jaws, he's winning. Cl- they're they're the class clowns this this decade. Barf and Nuanda. <laughs> that's a Spaceballs and Dead Poet Society. Pretty much couldn't get more opposite than that. Uh, both both winning class clown. Um, whomst is most likely to succeed? The rich white boys in Dead Poet Society pre just all of just all the you know just I guess because Dead it, you know, it's Society all before form. Keating boring succession your boring success there you know so that, mm. yeah who who cares about that one but uh, Sigourney Weaver yeah um, I was gonna say I was gonna say that I mean uh, Sarah Connor mm, true. Literally, uh, literally, to. most likely to succeed. We know that we know that success awaits her. So with her son, that's pretty comfortable. Yeah, pretty comfortable. Um, I don't know, man. That's pretty good, though. Uh, Brian, the Breakfast Club. Hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, Brian's a. That guy's that guy's gonna succeed. You oh, know? Yeah. Well, yeah, he'll go on. It'll go on his way. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, look. at now, oh, I was wondering. I had like eleven movies up, and I'm like, "Where is this one movie that's not in our list?" I I, I clicked some link in IMDb somewhere, and I don't know where. It was a Tom Hanks The Terminal for whatever reason. Uh, oh, probably up. because of the Terminator. Ah, uh, that's that's what I did. Thank you. Um, of course. But uh, yeah, is other uh, a lot of these movies that we watched uh, were I don't know either very. 
like not yeah, happy. Action you know, heavy. Yeah, it was either action, happy, or sad. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what all movies are, kind of. Uh, action, happy, or sad. You but, only uh, get three options. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you got to go. I think you got to go, Sarah Connor or uh, Brian for most likely to succeed. Mm. Uh, you literally, you literally. Well, you know who was also pretty most likely to succeed? Kyle Reese. It's literally a time loop. Yeah, they kind of have to. So, uh, it, it, in order for humans to stay alive. So maybe it's like Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. Yeah, the whole triangle. Um, yeah. And the father. Um, well, well, Kyle and, Reese was the father. Well, and the and son. John Sorry, Connor. And John Connor. Or wait, no. It's. That's not the triangle. It's Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese. No, it is. Yeah, no, and, Sarah Connor okay, and right. Kyle Reese loved each other. They made John Connor. John Connor sends Kyle Reese back in time <laughs> to save Sarah Connor. They fuck. <laughs> they have John Connor. John Connor rises up. He sends Kyle Reese back in time. <laughs> it's just uh it just keeps going. Um But yeah, so Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and John Connor most likely to succeed, <laughs> along with Brian Johnson in the Breakfast Club. <laughs> What a widely different succession, you know. Completely different versions of <laughs> one success. One to keep the human race alive and one just to have a good career and provide for your family, you know. Very uh, <laughs> di- uh. Oh, it's fucking funny. Oh, but uh most next up we got most likely to end up in jail or dead. Here we go. Uh, we got a lot of these. Yeah, I think um, we do. I think you got I think you got to have Bender on there for most likely to end up in jail, John Bender. Uh, I know he had a pretty life changing day, but he still he still seems quite quite the rebel. Probably gonna end uh, up there. And his home situation will not be getting any better, even though he is now dating Claire. Mm. Um, Tony Montana. Um, oh yeah, that dude's dead as fuck. <laughs> he is indeed dead as fuck. Bro got shot like fifty times. Um, fell in a pool. That boy dead. Let's see. That boy really dead. Dark helmet. Dark. Helmet, bro. <laughs> that man going. That man died. Um, or that their emperor too. Basically, they're yeah, just spaceballs. Spaceballs <laughs> most likely to end up just, better in just, jail. You know, just spaceballs. Um, it's most general. likely to end up fucking dead. Uh, I guess Jack Nicholson. He just kind of yeah. Broke. I was gonna. Say, yeah, I was gonna just... say uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining ended up dead. No one in there. No one in there really. I think I think we're good here with mm-hmm. John Bender, Tony Montana, and Spaceballs for most likely to. Those are bad boys. Yeah, look at our bad boys, John <laughs> Bender with yeah, just and the, all the cast. Yeah, just the whole cast of Spaceballs. Just everybody in Spaceballs. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we can. Uh, what was it called? The the like uh, their their empire. What was it called? Oh, um, let's find out. The. Okay, Planet Druidia was that that was that side and then what well, Yes. Oh, it doesn't. The Spaceballs. They were the Spaceballs. I think that's it. They that were was the, the that Spaceballs. was their Yeah. So like, we'll call them the Spaceballs. Yeah, they were they were the Spaceballs. No, that was their that was their their like race or like their like humans. They were Spaceballs. Like that yeah. that's that's their whatever. I think it was just the Spaceball Empire or something. Scroob. Planet Scroob was their planet. 
Yeah, Scrooge yeah, was the space president balls of Planet Spaceball. Yeah. So they're the space balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the so space the space balls, balls okay, yeah. specifically yeah. <laughs> deserve deserve to end up in jail or dead. Um, mm. So so far in in the seventies and eighties, uh, we got Travis Bickle joining Tony Montana, John <laughs> Bender, and the space balls in jail or dead. Um, hmm. <laughs> now we're on sense. to dream dream blunt rotation. All right, here we go. Cat bus. Now, you know what? I'm go I'm going meadow with this. I'm going Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. The, the creator of of my neighbor Totoro. That man's got a fucking brain on him. True that. Um, that's I, at the Breakfast Club. I throw all of them in there because uh, they literally oh, have yeah. like a blunt rotation, like mid movie. Um, true. True. Already had one. You know, kind of had one with shared it with them. So uh it's true, yeah, I was high, I was there. So um, yeah, so got got to throw them in there. Um I mean, I'd I'd fuck with uh I'd smoke up with Sala. That's why yeah. I was I would say from like Indiana Jones and the Rock uh, I mean, and the Raiders like, and the Lost Ark. Yeah, give me give me like the main 3. Give me Indy, give me Sala, yeah, give, give me Give me Mary, Indy and Ravenwood. You know? Yeah, g- give me give me all of them. Yeah, give I want yeah, for sure. The Shining? Nah. Sorry. Oh, we'll fuck all one. y'all. Uh, Nightmare <laughs> we'll... Blunt Rotation. We <laughs> there we go. Go ahead and plug in uh, the twins from The Shining. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, the, the lady in the bathtub in The Shining. The hotel. The whole Just motherfucking in hotel in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> and The Shining. Just the, the whole shining. movie too. The yeah. shining and is the whole part movie. of the nightmare blunt rotation. Yep. Uh, um, you know who I'm, who I'm trying to have at my dream blunt rotation though. Like we being for real. Give me a, give me Keating, give me Keating. Oh, in this oh for sure. Oh, he- oh, duh. Um, yeah, that's just automatic. That's just like give me Robin Williams. Like uh, he doesn't even nightmare have blunt rotation. <laughs> Neil's dad. True. That dude would suck. And I'm going to go ahead and add him to uh, best at being the worst. <laughs> Thank, yeah. I, I felt like we missed someone, you know? I knew we I, did. Yeah, I knew like we there did. was someone there. It was like a, a fuck that guy. And yeah, it was it was the dad. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, I'd say that that's good for a dream. I think we got it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's like one obscure character. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking through through the casts and the... Um. Oh, here I got. I got another one for the nightmare. The aliens and aliens. True. That would <laughs> suck. Um. Maybe the janitor in the Breakfast Club. In I don't know though. It'd be an interesting. Uh, be, that'd be an interesting one to be sure. Um. I don't think I, so. I'm. I'm a maybe Mr. Vernon in, in the in the nightmare though. Uh, Mr. Vernon. Oh, Totoro for sure. Oh yeah. Dream, dream or nightmare? Oh, Totoro and I guess could be both. Um, I think Totoro and Catbus are probably both. Uh, you like, know what? Totoro's pro- they're you know what they're dream blunt rotations. Yeah. They're not nightmare blunt rotations. I'm not putting them with Neil's dad and The yeah, Shining no. and the Aliens no, and no. Aliens or Mister Vernon. Those are monsters. Can't. Let's see. I guess I guess Al Pacino's Tony Montana would be pretty nightmarish. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone <laughs> else in that movie though. Wasn't really, no, not what I'm looking for. 
No, you know, I think I'm trying uh, to find an obscure, like, ooh, you know, like that's what I'm looking for, but I'm not really finding any, uh, any, I'm not really finding any either. I think we kind of maxed it out here. I mean, I'll smoke up with, uh, shit, man. I don't know. Alfred Molina was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'd smoke up with Alfred Molina. Fair. <laughs> yep. I mean, he was kind of a... He did, like, betray Indy right away, though. Hey, I ain't talking about his character, though. I'm talking about Alfred okay, fair. Molina. Fair. He was here. You know? He was here. He was in the 80s. I'm adding Alfred Molina. Um, and I think uh, I think that's about right. Uh, you know, the dream lot rotation being Hayao Miyazaki, The Breakfast Club, Indy, Ravenwood, and Sala. Mr. Keating and Totoro and Catbus along with Alfred Molina. I think that's just an ideal group of people to smoke with. Um can you imagine being in the same place as all Whoa. these people? I kinda wanna make I kinda wanna make art pieces. Yeah, this graphic would be insane. This graphic would be insane. I think I'm gonna execute that. I think I'm gonna try that. That um, would be incredible just seeing all those characters just next to each other yeah just like i do a 70s dream blunt rotation 80s and i just keep doing it every uh every single one Mm. uh but nightmare blunt rotation i'm not making these um (laughs) this is nightmare fuel uh the twins in the shining the lady in the bathtub in the shining the whole motherfucking hotel in the shining along with the shining um neil's dad mr vernon and the aliens and aliens um, the, that's the nightmare blunt rotation, and uh, it's it's a perfect. It's a perfect. Mm. <laughs> the eighties awards so far for me are going better than the uh, than the seventies did. I think mm. these are uh, these are more <laughs> successful. Now, biggest simp. That's knocked over street, baby. Yeah, I mean, dude. Uh, dude read a poem right in front of her. Uh, dude went to, you know, that's in public school too. He did that. Yeah. Walked into her school and was like, Hey, I don't care that your boyfriend punched me in the face many times and that I maybe stroked your hair and gave you a forehead kiss kind of a little too early. You know, like you had no idea who I was. It was a little weird. Um, but definitely simp. Yeah. Simp behavior. Uh, that that's for sure. He's on Um, a simp behavior. Oh, Knox Overstreet, just the, I think far and away the biggest simp of the 80s. Uh, I think um, hmm. you could throw in Andy in the Breakfast Club post Allison makeover. <laughs> uh, man saw her made up and was like, oh, well, we're going to date now. Um, <laughs> Fair. Okay. True. Maybe, uh, but I don't know. I think Knox Overstreet. Yeah, no, he has he just to. Takes the I mean, like, yeah, there's no one sense. else that, yeah, I mean, like, it's literally his character. So, like, maybe, like, in the credits of the movie, it's just Simp. Or, like, instead of saying who played Knox Overstreet, it's just Simp and then the actor's name. Simp. Um, as... <laughs> like, like, you could ba- like, get away with that. Like, uh, you probably could. Um, yeah, you know, for sure, far and away, he wins this one. <laughs> Now let's uh let's go on to the be- best couple and uh, mm. if we're if we're doing it the way we did it last decade it doesn't matter if they're in the same thing or not uh it can it can be cross platform like uh <laughs> last uh last decade we did Alex 
from uh, uh, A Clockwork Orange and Travis Bickle <laughs> from The Taxi Driver would pair off really well. Um, yes, 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 yes. We had Don Vito Corleone and old Ben Kenobi would probably go well together. Sante and Luke Skywalker. And I, I, I'm excited for this one. This this is this is one of the more fun ones on the list. Um, <laughs> if we're pairing people off, I mean, I can't think of a more badass duo than Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley. Ooh. Okay. Yes. What about Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones? And, yeah. So just, uh, I don't know. I, that, that's, just, that's just one that we can, you know, Deckard. Um, you know, we can just Indiana and Deckard. Right. Um, just to have the Harrison Ford one there. Um, I'm assuming Harrison will be in a few others, just being the ladies' man that he is. You know, I mean, I was if, if we're going, throw Indy and Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Together. Oh, okay. I was I was about to say Indy and Marion. You know, like the actual relationship in the movie oh, was actually yeah, just yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. like of the eighties. Uh, so, like, if I had to go with like my favorite romantic pairing throughout the throughout the decade, I probably would go Indy and Marion Ravenwood. Uh, if I if I had to if I had to choose one, I think that's ultimately where I'd land. If not them, Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. Mm. Ooh, I like true. them a lot. Yeah. Um. Okay, so now let's now let's go cross platform though. Let's go. Let's get to the fun stuff. Let's think of Spaceballs because this can breed for some fun. Yes, it like, can. Uh, uh, so who could Dark Dark Helmet get with? You know. Okay. Thank. Uh, the Nazis and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, President Scrooge and Hitler. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a they're a thruple. Or like a uh an op yeah in a whatever that's called um they're in an open relationship with each other um, polyamorous yes thank you that's the word I was looking for um yeah dark helmet the Nazis um they, yeah that that works together let's see I, I want to give uh to my boy tutorial well, I'm gonna just go ahead and throw out the space balls and the Nazis mm, that's fair I want to give my boy Totoro someone you know who who Totoro match up well with you know Totoro is probably you know who's probably booling Totoro and Barf <laughs> yeah they're they're you know both teddy bear like characters oh, that piece you know? with nature yeah okay Totoro and Barf <laughs> you gotta make <laughs> this graphic you gotta make oh my wow this this one would be another graphic that would be hilarious just like in poses of like, you, if you could find them like looking, you know, and like looking yeah. in like a loving way somehow, but <laughs> that'd be fucking fantastic. Now I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some more, some more pairs we could throw together. Ooh, um, this isn't cross platform, but a duo I really, really enjoyed in a movie was Dead Poet Society, Neil and uh, Todd. I liked them a lot. They were mm. a cool. They were a cool pair of pair of buds. Um. But mm-hmm. back to the task at hand. See. I just had to throw that out real quick. Okay. Well, we haven't even used Arnold Schwarzenegger yet as the Terminator. So we got to – okay. He's got to have someone. Um, the Terminator is getting paired off with um, – ooh, what could we do for – ooh, the Terminator and Ellen Ripley in the power loader. Okay. Ooh, 
Who was the uh, the synthetic human in Aliens? Oh right. Um, um, let me let me get this let me get this pulled up. The synthetic guy, yeah, he Bishop. Yes, Bishop. Yeah, give uh, Terminator and Bishop. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Perfect. That's perfect. Um, let's see. Um, I imagine Brian would have got on well with most of the Dead Poets Society guys. Yeah. Ooh, that's, yeah, like a, just Dead Poet Society and Brian. <laughs> oh, shit. You know who would be really dope together? A couple of teachers, Indiana Jones and Mr. fucking Bam. Keating. Bam, Did we that's have a that power at the exact same time? That's a power. I, I immediately thought of Mr. Keating, and I'm like, who's he going with? And I'm like, oh, Indiana. Who's the other professor over here, you know? Like that's it. That's Indiana Jones. So. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> Indiana Jones and John Keating together. That'd be to sign me the fuck up. I'm there. Um, the kids they would have in the lessons they would be so mature, so fast. They would know. Oh my god! Wow, their children would be insane. <laughs> got some. Got some good couples here. These are some are some good couples. Mister Vernon and Neil's dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That household would suck. Let's see. Anyone from The Shining would... Hmm. I mean, if you wanted to open to a polyamorous relationship between Alex and the Clockwork Orange and Travis Bickle, I think... Uh, I think he, he could pair in well with them, yeah. He'd pair in well with them, but, you know, we can't go cross... Uh, cross decade. Cross decade Damn. platform. That's that's intense. That's 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 out there. Yeah, I'd say we got we got a we got some good couples in here, you know. I'd I say mean, so too. Sarah I Connor. We got some from every movie. Yeah, we got someone from every movie. Or do we? From Scarface. Do we? Do we have Tony Montana have up a, there? We do not have Tony Montana up here. Tony Montana would probably pair well with. Shoot, you got to give him credit. That's a pretty one of a kind character. Maybe just himself. <laughs> Tony Montana should be alone. <laughs> he shouldn't be around. People. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Even like his own sister. Like he, if he's around anybody, it's just just not good. Um, yeah, maybe just throw. Yeah, he he's fine. Just leaving out of him, leaving out of the best couple here. He's the, <laughs> be, he's the only. Yeah, it's the only movie where no one's uh, mentioned from. I think because we have uh, we have Jack Nicholson in there somewhere, I believe. Um, right. Oh yeah, we threw him in. Uh, oh no, that was the cross decade. So we don't. I guess we don't have one for him yet. But we definitely have Indy, um, in Blade Runner. So uh, we we have Deckard there. Uh, Terminator got some in there. Aliens and Terminator, Spaceballs and Raiders. And dead. So we got we have everything basically, but Jack Nicholson and and Scarface, Tony Montana, <laughs> as that. like the lead. So. So yeah. yeah, best couple. Maybe they're the ones we pair off together: Tony Montana <laughs> and Jack Nicholson in The Shining. There you go. Just two guys that you don't want to be around any other humans. To just put them in a room together. Yeah. Just... Yeah. We got Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley, Indy and Deckard, Indy and Ravenwood as our honorary actual best couple. The Spaceballs and the Nazis, Totoro and Barf, uh, the Terminator and Bishop, Indiana Jones and John Keating. Mr. Vernon and Neil's dad and Tony Montana and Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Um, on to our last three that are uh, that are all very, very material. 
uh, best hair, best facial hair, and worst hair. Uh, who had the best hair of the decade? I remember in one of the episodes, I was like, this is up there for like running for best hair in the 80s. I remember saying that for one of these movies, but I have... It was The Terminator, and it was Sarah Connor. Was it? Yes. Like, um, look, look up Sarah Connor getting ready, The Terminator. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. That, yes. Um, ooh, or the girlfriend at the very beginning that gets murked by Arnold. Yeah, like they're getting ready. Yeah, all their, oh yeah. Like best hair just goes to the Terminator maybe. Yeah, Sarah Connor and the Terminator. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of the, that's the distinction here for best hair in the decade. And I think, I think that's an easy choice. It definitely stood out for me. Mm. Uh, in, in comparison to all these other movies, I remember being like, Sarah Connor's hair is fucking amazing. I guess the Breakfast um, Club is kind of like a. I, know, that was like a Bender's that was an honorary runner-up. Claire, for me. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Bender and Claire really had the hair on them. I mean, Allison, Allison also had the whole thing going on, but she's she's probably worst hair. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> had a lot of dandruff in that hoe. True. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely the Terminator wins though. Like, and definitely Sarah. Yeah. That's uh, undoubtedly best hair of the decade. Facial hair. Hmm. Best facial hair. Do we got any standout facial hair in in this decade? I don't. I don't recall that. I don't recall that we do. Um, Indy's got a mustache, doesn't he? I mean, he's got some light. He's got scruff. okay, yeah, a light scruff. More of a more of a mustache. Yeah. I mean, Indy's just a sexy dude. Let me just Indy's say, just it's not just the facial hair that makes him sexy, but Sala, Sala had a beard. Ooh, um, Sala had some good facial hair. Sala had a beard. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else who who did. I think Sala might might take the cake for best uh, for best facial hair of this decade. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, he might be the only one that really even did it. Was anyone in my neighbor Totoro? No, no one had facial hair there. I don't remember I any beards yeah, there. No. Yeah, I'd say Sala. Sala yeah, I think I'm with that. Worst. With that. I mean, Jack Nicholson has kind of a crazy beard thing going on, mm. but uh, yeah, not, no. not exactly what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, Sala wins best facial hair of the '80s, uh, coming off with some good good company with Don Vito Corleone and uh, mm. old Ben Kenobi. Damn. A trapper John McIntyre and Mash. That's some good that's some good facial hair in the seventies. Damn. Uh interesting seeing these sorts of things where like the emphasis was placed in uh in character design. Like we had a lot more options with facial hair in the seventies than we did in the eighties. Mm. So uh that's a pretty interesting little tidbit there. Um and worst hair, I think, could probably safely go to Allison in the Breakfast Club because she she literally uses the dandruff in her hair as snow for a work of art. Yeah, I mean, um, pretty clear on this one. Uh, inter- interesting uh, that both decades had just one person who was just obviously had the worst hair because, like, yeah. like Travis Bickle just came up with a mohawk out of nowhere, like, uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> like straight up, and then out. Al- yeah, Allison literally using her hair for for art. So yeah, like interesting that uh, each decade has one. I wonder who the nineties. Is gonna be, but ooh, the movie. What happens the here decade. at the very end of wow. the '80s award show with movie of the decade? 
Let's see. Do you think it's obvious? I think the highest ratings end up coming up. I think it's, for me, straight off rip, if I'm thinking back to these 10, it's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that's the movie of the decade. Uh, it dominated these here awards. Um, Runner up. Dead Poet Society? Yeah, that and and my neighbor Totoro. Like those are those are probably my top three of the decade. The Shining's like, up there ooh, though. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of good movies, man. A- man, Aliens was really good too. Um simple but good. You know, yeah, like Terminator like It's funny how like farther and further removed, like Aliens stands to me like far better than the Terminator. Like like removed from it like a couple I weeks. I think it like, was the about. uh just the simple fact that there was a kid and you had a mother daughter thing going and it was just you cared way more. Um because you did like, have like a mother son thing in the first one, but you didn't you never saw the son. You just knew that she was protecting her son who did And didn't it was exist like yet. and Terminator was like, yeah you had Arnold that was right there like coming at him, but like it was always like a distant threat. But like in aliens it was like they're right here. Like they're right they here could die the many times, like at, at any time. So like, but I think, yeah, yeah, I think Raiders, nothing's gonna. And that, that shows us that the seventies movie of the decade was star Wars. Eighties movie of the decade was Raiders. The lost Ark. George Lucas has quite the track record, at least with us here at mm-hmm. the Penny Bloom film awards. And uh, Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford <laughs> in both of those movies. Uh, John Williams, both the soundtracks. Um, George Lucas on both the writing squads. It's a, uh, it's definitely a, definitely a testament to our taste, I'd mm-hmm. say. But uh, it'll be interesting once we wrap all of this up. Uh, the whole, the whole shitteroo, because I had, I have a new vision for our decades, or our, our whole projects award show, mm. which we take the winners of each category. Oh my god! And we put them against each other to see who's the best of the last fifty-two years. Oh my god! We definitely—that just has to happen. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited now. Definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking awesome. Uh, because it'll just be the best of the best, and we'll have to decide what's the best of the best of the best. Mm. Who's mm. the best so with at that. being the best of the best of being the best of the worst? Okay, well, we'll get into that when we get there. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was the Penny Bloom podcast. It was I, Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And of course, I'll have you back this Friday for 1990s Goodfellas. And we'll, we'll be officially off into a new decade. And I cannot wait for that. Uh, and the 90s looking like it's going to be every bit as good as those 70s and 80s. Um, but yeah, very, very excited. If you would, head to patreon.com slash coroblom where we'll have well over 20 hours of exclusive content for you there. Uh, follow on Twitter at pennybloompod where you'll where if the movie were to change for the next week, uh, like, like I said, it's Goodfellas this Friday, uh, and it will stay that way. But if it were to change, you'd find out on Twitter at pennybloompod. Follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share with a friend. And uh, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) 